Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Power Forgiveness Podcast. My name is Dwayne Staten, and I want to thank you for tuning in for another episode. This podcast is meant to help those toward the path of forgiveness, for the ones who have been hurt, heartbroken, forever changed by something that was said or done to them, which changed their mindset, the course of their relationships, their future, and even their life in general. With this podcast, I speak about the lessons I've learned from forgiveness, and I give it to you, the audience. Today is part two of the Church Pain series, and I had the pleasure of interviewing Quintera Scott, a woman of faith, wife, mother, entrepreneur, and all-around superhero who loves to sing and write songs. We spoke about her experiences, about being talked about in the church, and as the daughter of a minister, even she wasn't immune to it. This interview is a definite, definite must-listen. Here's the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Power Forgiveness Podcast. My name is Dwayne Staten. I have a very special guest with me, Miss Quintera Scott. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> so we connected through a mutual friend, Gia. Mm-hmm. I, went, I went to high school with her, and when she reposted my stuff and I saw your comment, I said, yes, please come. So yeah. I'm glad to have you on here. <laughs> appreciate it. I really appreciate this. So can you tell a little bit, the people a little bit of, of who you are? Um, Quintera Scott. Um, I'm 29 years old. I am a minister's daughter. I'm a sister. I'm an aunt. I'm a wife. I'm a mom, teacher, working mom, you name it, everything. So, so basically, basically telling stay us, busy. So basically you're telling us you're a superhero. Yeah, I wouldn't say superhero. No, that's that's more my mom. <laughs> that's my mom. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what I I got to I'm gonna start with this iceberg question. Mm-hmm. What would the title of your autobiography be? Hmm. I don't know. I would say maybe. Uh, that's a good question. Hmm. I would have to say powering through pain. That's what I would say it would be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a New York Times bestseller right there. Powering through pain. That's awesome. What's mine? (laughs) I would say I made it. Surprise. Uh, (laughs) But um, in all honesty, I would say mine would be I really did it. Yeah. Because there are times when, I'm not going to lie, I have self-doubt and see Mm -hmm. the things that I really wanted to do actually come to fruition and be successful. Mm -hmm. That's what I've seen itself. So I would say. Um, So when I, so the post that I had was about church pain Mm -hmm. and my definition of it, and I would love to hear your definition of it as well, is Mm -hmm. Pain that originated, whether it be from a person or an event or maybe a group of people within within the house of God that hurt someone so much that they decided to turn their back on God himself. Mm -hmm. That's my definition of it, but I would love to hear yours. Yeah. Well, like growing up, you know, uh, well, my dad, he didn't originally start as a minister. He was basically you know, people in church noticed he was more being, becoming more active and participating and, you know, preaching and teaching more. 
So he became a deacon. Mm-hmm. But when we lived back in Polk County, he became a deacon down there. And, you know, me and my sisters, I have, um, well, no, I have three sisters. So we have, I have two biological sisters and then we have one sister that we adopted when her mom passed away from breast cancer a few years ago. Okay. So just, you know, growing up and, you know, my sister, my older sister, she ended up, you know, getting pregnant while in the church, you know, before marriage. So, you know, with that, people would be like judging I'm like, oh, well, you know, she did this and she did that. And she's supposed to be, you know, minister's daughter and all that. Mm-hmm. And like that kind of bothered me because I looked at it as, you know, just because we're, you know, in the church with minister's daughters doesn't mean that we should be held to a higher like regard, even though people are still going to hold you to a higher regard because they see what your your parents are doing in the church. So they expect you to do the same thing, which, you know, your parents can teach you to, you know, go on the right path and everything. But like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're human, you make your own decisions, you make your own, you know, mistakes. Absolutely. So that was a like a big thing. But seeing her now like she's just grown like so much she's a nurse she's married she has three beautiful kids so you know just because you know things happen to you like that when you're younger doesn't you know mean you know that's it doesn't mean you can't you know get better and you know not make those you know same mistakes so i understand that one i Mm -hmm. definitely understand that one because Preacher's kids or PKs, they all, there's always a stigma with them. Yeah. It is. And it's sad to say because every time I, for example, I know a couple, I know a couple of preachers' kids. And they'll be like, oh, that's the preacher's kid. You better watch out. Oh, like, yeah, I heard that one. What, like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So, but I've experienced it in both ways, whether yeah. it could be they're really cool, chill people. Mm-hmm. or they turn up a hundred percent of the way <laughs> and yeah. I've seen both so my question is with that stigma how did that make you feel with that stigma just being on you you didn't ask for it but how did it make you feel it was a little bit like frustrating because I'm like well I can't you know I have to watch what I say I can't say certain things I can't do certain things because I'm being watched and mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to go back and like oh well your daughter's doing this your daughter's doing that and like my parents they are very very stern so i've gotten many whoopings growing up up. so i would always be scared of that fact like oh i can't be seen out in this place because i don't want it to get back to my parents and all that so that was constantly like even now even though i'm a mother and married i'm 29 you know that's even on me now i'm like well i can't go here because i don't want nobody to you know think that i'm doing something i'm really not doing that Cause you know, you don't want to, you don't want, like I said, you don't want that to come back on your parents and then, you know, people will start thinking, you know, negative things. You don't want that. Did it feel like you were being like stifled or kind of keeping your, keeping things bottled in, bottled up? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. I'm the very, I'm the quiet one out of all of my sisters, but Mm. Like if I get riled up, then I'm talking and talking and talking. So <laughs> that was my thing, quiet. But if I get mad, then I'm just going off. And 
I'm still working on that. Still working on that. Still got my mama and my daddy to correct me when I need to be corrected, which is pretty much all the time. But <laughs> I'm getting better at that as I, you know, grow up and raise my daughter. So that's good. So would you say, let me see here. What would be your experience with experiencing pain from the church? And how did that affect you? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Let me think of an experience that happened to me. Um, hmm. Well, like when I was younger, growing up, um, I say maybe middle school, high school, I got teased a lot, like in the church mm. and at school for just, you know, puberty things like, you know, acne and what else not like not going out and partying like people would or like drinking and you know all that things like I that didn't interest me like when I was in school like I was there you know strictly for school you know I made friends and everything but I was always looked at like oh she don't do nothing she's a preacher's daughter she's not cool you know she ain't gonna you know want to go to parties and stuff she's not cool so we just gonna tease her you know, for that. So I pretty much kind of stayed to myself. Like Mm. the only friends I had were basically like in my choir class. And then I, you know, was friends with all the other people, like people with T's and everything. I was friends with them and all that. So that was, that was kind of, that was kind of hard. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, (laughs) and honestly, it's crazy that that happens because you would think that, well, like I said, that stigma was already on you. Yeah. So they're going to already crack on you for that. Mm-hmm. And so what was, what did, what went through your mind when you were getting, you know, teased and joked on at that time? Like what was going through your mind? Well, I did, I didn't understand it. Cause, and then I also thought like, so that's cool. If you go party and drinking and all this stuff, I didn't think, you know, that was cool. Cause I've seen so many people like that have gone on do those things that something bad ends up happening to them. So I never thought that was like cool to me. I thought, you know, just being, you know, making good grades and, you know, having some good, you know, friends, you know, I thought, I didn't think that was like a bad thing. And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, why are they teasing me? Like, am I not cool? Am I not a good person? Like, what do I need to do to have like more friends and be popular and stuff? Like, what do I need to do? oh gosh that's bringing back memories for me (laughs) so question is did it kind did it kind of for lack of a better term did it skew your mind on how people in in the church act and thought well at the same even though it bothered me at the same time I was like you know what you know that's them they can be however they you know they want to be like, I didn't really care because I would talk to my mom about it a lot mm-hmm. and my dad. And they'd be like, well, you shouldn't be concerned about what people think or about you or what they say. Like, you should only be concerned if what they're saying about you is true. Like, if you're doing something bad and they come back and they say in this, if it's true, then you need to fix that. So that kind of, you know, that le- that lesson they taught me is sticking with me now. Like, don't worry about what people say. Worry about if it's true, then, you know, fix it. But if it's not, they lying, then, you know, people going to talk about you, whether you're, whether you're not crazy, people going to talk about you, whether you're actually crazy. So people going to talk about you, period. Yes. 
Honestly, mm-hmm. I remember that in a Tyler Perry page. So people want to talk about you to the day you die. Exactly. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. That's the thing I want to tell the people. It's just people are going to talk about you. I was talked about when I did something right. It's like, oh, you think you smart? I was like, well, my grades say I do. So, um, oh, you it's like, and when I do something wrong, it's like, oh, Dwayne, you're wearing high waters today. I was like, can't help it. You know what I mean? I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> so people, you're right. People do talk about you for no reason. Mm-hmm. And what you just said reminded me of the verse said, whatever is true, noble, just, pure, lovely, marble, whatever is excellent and praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Mm-hmm. So that's something I definitely want to encourage people to say is like, whenever you deal with people, if there was hurt in the church and they've said mm-hmm. something to you that hurts you, focus on the truth. If any of it was not true, please don't let it affect your relationship with God. That's the exactly. one thing. That's mm-hmm. what I want to say. So my question is, did any of what you experienced, did it ever affect your relationship with God or how you saw things or what was it like? Um, well, I would say like in a way, like as I got like as I got older, like especially like I would say in my my 11th grade or 12th grade year. I would say like, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell people like, oh, my dad's, you know, a minister and stuff because I don't want, I don't want them to be like, oh, so you're a preacher's kid. Like, oh, you can't go here and you can't do this. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't tell them that because I'm like, well, I want to make friends. I don't want to tell people that. Like, I know, I, I know, like, I shouldn't care. Like, it's, you can say you don't care. And so, like I said before, like, I didn't care. Like you can say you don't care, but then you'd be like, you care like a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. You care just a little bit. You'd be like, well, I don't want nobody to know that because then they're gonna think I'm not cool. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I still I still didn't have that many friends 11th, 12th grade year, because like people knew where I stayed at. They'd be like, oh, you stay next to that church. Like, I know, I know you go to that church. I know who your daddy is, I know who your mama is and all that. So then I'm like, oh man, they know, they know. So I can I can't. I got to be good in school and everything. I can't do nothing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. on that one. <laughs> Did it affect your relationship with God at all or no? Um, At some point it did because I was looking at it. I was like, you know, well, why do I, why can't I, you know, go out and, you know, why can't I go party and stuff? Why can't I do all these things? Like God, you know, I know who I know who God is and I know what I'm supposed to do, you know, that's right and everything. But it kind of like it just made me feel like sometimes church wasn't cool, you know. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, well, church not cool because, you know, my other people that I know, you know, at school, they're not doing this. They're not going to church. Their parents don't make them do this. They get to do whatever they want to do. And mm-hmm. I go to church, go to school and go home. Like, that's all I did. And then my yeah. friends would be inviting me like, oh, you should come over, you know, to this party. I'm like, well, my parents will say no. So I'm not even going to ask. I'm just going to stay home. And mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I literally just thought about it. They were cracking on you for not drinking. But I'm just like, aren't y'all <laughs> trying to stop doing yeah. okay you know what i'm, I'm not gonna touch it okay i got it i got it but like like they would call they would invite you to do you know that stuff and i'm just like no i'm okay so i get that and i definitely yeah. kudos to you for that definitely kudos mm-hmm. for you on that and it's 
When I tell you you're literally telling my life story, that was me. <laughs> I was the same way. No, like I'm not a preacher's kid, but I still went through that. Like people mm-hmm. climb, we was like, oh, Dwayne can't go to this party. He's too good. And I'm like, <laughs> like what? what did I like? What did I do? All I do, I, I just do the dang homework and get grades. Like if y'all did the same thing, I would be in my position. Like exactly. I don't know what to do here. But I give kudos to you because you showed character and integrity where a lot of people clowned you for where mm-hmm. people say oh she's where she would say all these they would say all these bad things about you you were just like no this is my character this is who i am yeah don't clown me even mm-hmm. if you did i ain't gonna care because i'm still be who i am so kudos yeah. to you on that <laughs> thank you so i want to ask what would you like how did you overcome that like how did you overcome that um well, my, my mom, she's like, she's a therapist. Oh, so that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So I, I talked to her a lot. Like as I got older, you know, when I was, you know, teenage years, you know, you don't like your parents that much. So they don't think they understand what you're going through. But as you get older, you know, you come to them more, you talk to them more. And she basically helped me get through it because she would know. I would come home to school. She's like, uh-uh, what's wrong with you? What happened today? Mm-hmm. Mom's thought, no. Oh, okay, let me tell you. And I would tell her, and she's like, so why why do you care about that? Like, you're at school to get your grades and to graduate. That's what you're there for. You're not there to, you know, impress people, try to make friends and be popular. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. Even though, you know, grown, you know, kids, how they can be yeah you know it's fit yeah in school you know how they could be but mm-hmm. you know even though it's hard to she would tell me you know ignore it you're not there for that you're there for this purpose and this purpose only so that helped me and you know my sisters they helped me a lot and That's good. I do have a few you know friends that I could also talk to that also you know help keep me keep me straight and stuff so that's mm-hmm. good that's really good So my question is, what would you say to encourage the audience who's gone through, you know, pain like this, being, let me say, being clown or being made fun of for following God or, yeah, just just doing the right thing? Like, what would you say? I would tell them, you know, try, try to try your best, even though it's hard, try to ignore it. And think about, you know, the bigger picture, like your relationship with God, that's the most important one that you can have outside of your, you know, physical family. Like, think about the reward in the end, like you're working till like when you, when it's your time to go, then you can be with God, you can be in heaven with him. And, you know, you shouldn't like, just think about that bigger picture. Like, it's hard to like fathom, like, you know, what God has in store for you. But if you just can just continue, just keep the faith, even though it's hard, like try to find someone that you can confide in the church that you can trust and like, you know, talk to them, keep up with them on a daily basis. So like when you're low, you can go to them and you know that they can, you know, build you up and bring you back to where you need to be. So that's what I would say. Absolutely. Absolutely. And look and look at you now. Mm-hmm. Look at you now, wife, mom, teacher, superhero. Mm-hmm. 
all of that right now. <laughs> so honestly, you you're definitely a true testimony and to what you're saying. So definitely mm -hmm. thank you for that. So really quickly, I wanted to know what would how can the people, you know, get in contact with you or just find you on social media or websites? Just let the people know. Yeah, they can find me on Facebook, uh, Quintera K. Scott. I'm also on Instagram, Quintera K. Scott on there as well. And um, I do have a business page. Um, like I make soap and stuff and body butter. So they can find me on um, my page. It's called Sensual Seduction. So it's S-C-E-N-T-U-A-L Seductions. So my husband came up with that name. I thought it was funny because I'm like, it's a Snoop Dogg song. Ain't it? it is. I was just, I ain't gonna lie, the song played in my head. I said, she was He's like, babe, that'd be a good song. I was like, I'm like, okay, I'll do that. That's funny. Yo, yeah. I'm honestly, oh, that's that's dope. And for those yeah. who, for those who didn't catch that, I'm gonna put that in the show notes so that y'all can connect with her. I want y'all mm -hmm. to connect with her. And also mm -hmm. support her business. Mm-hmm. Yes, support black businesses. Support, yes, support black businesses. Yes. yes. <laughs> thank you. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. yes. But Quintero, I want to thank you for coming on, mm -hmm. sharing your story and being open and honest. I appreciate you. Thank you thank for coming. You. Thank, thank you. you. No problem. No problem. <laughs> that was a great episode. Oh, that was a great interview. It really was. One of the things that stuck out to me was what she said. Just because you did things when you were younger, it doesn't mean that you can't get better and learn from your mistakes. That's a message for even me. I want to thank you, Quintara, for coming on the episode and sharing your story and being open and vulnerable with us. We definitely appreciate you. I know that there are times where we don't have the strength to forgive those who have hurt us, to do what it takes in this episode, and more. We can only do these things with the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins to be forgiven in the past, present, and future. And he rose from the grave to give us eternal life, a relationship with God himself, power over sin, and power over the enemy. If you want Jesus Christ in your life, just pray this. Dear Lord, thank you for dying for my sins and my wrongdoings in the past, present, and future. I confess and believe that you died on the cross for my sins, was buried, and rose again. I give my life to you, Lord. Please come to my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you pray that prayer, I want to say welcome to the family. This is the best decision you could ever make in your life. Now that you've made this decision, get in a good Bible-teaching church who preaches the gospel and message of Jesus Christ. You can look on Google, social media, and ask family and friends for recommendations. Also, there may have been some things said in this episode that may have triggered some bad memories and bad feelings. If this is the case, please seek a licensed therapist to talk them out. You can go through your healthcare provider, Google, or ask family and friends who receive therapy for recommendations. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Power Forgiveness Podcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate it on all platforms, and most importantly, share this with other people. You never know what they're going through. I want to let you know that the Power of Forgiveness has a group page on Facebook. Join the group and get in on the conversation. That link is in the show notes. I also have my social media page in the show notes. You can follow me on both Instagram and Facebook. You can also leave me a voice message on Anchor. I would love to hear from you. Also, I need your help. 
I'm enrolled in a coaching program through my local college pursuing a certification in life coaching with the International Coach Federation. As part of the curriculum, I need to reach 100 hours in order to become certified. I'm hoping to connect with individuals who have an interest in being coached and move the needle in their life or needing help in forgiving those who have hurt them. Many people have an interest in moving from where they are to where they want to be, and coaching can be the key that unlocks that potential. I'm asking if you or anyone you know might benefit from coaching to please contact me. I would be happy to chat more about it and be grateful for the help it provides to further my qualification. Also, the first session is free. If you're interested and want to help, click on the link of my bio and schedule a session. I want you all to have an amazing week. And remember that forgiveness is not letting what that person or people said or did to you affect you, your spirit, your future, or where you're going in life. And that's not an excuse for or enabling someone's behavior, but not letting what that person or people did hold you back or keep you from being or grabbing all that God wants you to be or has for you. Have a good one.